All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pastor Plex Podcast for yet another episode. Chris, as always, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. We've got a lot of questions, so we'll kind of roll through them all to get the gist of it, and then we'll tackle them one by one. So last week in the sermon, you mentioned that people without the Holy Spirit cannot be held accountable for what only can be done by the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit. So... Before one becomes a Christian, how are people held accountable for choosing good or evil or for how they treat others? Are they held accountable? Are people powerless to change or make moral choices before they commit to Christ? Are unbelievers obligated as image bearers of God under his common grace to live rightly? Is an unbelieving child accountable and able to learn obedience to parents? So... There's a lot there, folks. Yeah, let's let's start. Take it from the top. From the top. Question one is, before one becomes a Christian, how are people held accountable for choosing good or evil or for how they treat others? Okay, this is this is great. And I'm going to start with going to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to look at what Paul was writing uh, to the Corinthian church who had a sexually immoral person in their church. That was, mm-hmm. uh, the person was sleeping with his dad's wife. And so that was awkward for everybody, but they were running around, look how graceful. They were actually boasting about how graceful they are that they let this guy in. And Paul's like, what is wrong with you people? That's not grace. That's dumb. And he goes like, purge this person from within you because you have a person claiming to be a Christian, someone that you've said is a Christian. You've like testified that his, to his Christianity. And then he's running around uh, with like um, in unbelievable sin. Now, all sin is sin, but he's. they're thinking, well, look how graceful they are, and he did that, but we accept him fully. And he's saying, don't do that. You're supposed to judge that person, which I thought Christians mm-hmm. weren't supposed to judge. No, no. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what Paul then says. Listen, I'm not... He says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing... In other words, everybody is a greedy, swindling, idolater, sexually immoral person. But now I'm running you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, meaning he has been confirmed by the elders of that church that this person is a Christian. If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders and this is my my point from what i said is that we can't hold people accountable to do what only the holy spirit can do so if a person is not a christian they can't be held accountable by the church for not acting like a christian mm-hmm. <clears throat> well then the question is are they held accountable at all is it not those inside the church who you're to judge god verse 13 god judges those outside the church so that's where, where I was going with that, and okay. so I, I probably could have been a little bit more clear. But yeah, so we we as Christians aren't called to hold someone accountable for someone that they don't have the Spirit of God to obey God's Word uh, and, and God's law. So, so you would so the follow up question was are they accountable? You would say that without the Holy Spirit, they're not accountable. They are they're not under acc- the God's grace. So they are not account. So a person that is um, doesn't have the Holy Spirit isn't accountable to the church the church right and I, and I think that's the part where and, and rightfully so um homosexuals and uh the lgbtq plus community would say why is the church yelling at me mm-hmm. now listen is there anything wrong with declaring that um there is 
that that is sin. No, there, there's n- nothing wrong with that. that. That is completely okay. If someone's saying, I wanted to live in sin, you're saying, like, this is not, not God's best for you. Um, but the reality is, it's like a child um, who is throwing tantrums. Of course they're going to throw t- That doesn't make the tantrum right. But, <laughs> right. It, but it does mean that there has to be training, that something has to happen uh, in between the child not throwing, you know, throwing a tantrum to learning how to not throw a tantrum. There's a certain part of training that comes in. Now, specifically for um, uh, for people that are in the LGBTQ plus community or in any community that's sort of like anti-gospel uh, or that doesn't believe that Jesus died on the cross for sin and rose from the dead and has the Holy Spirit indwelling them, then they telling them that they're a sinner and that to change without incorporating that Jesus came, died on the cross, rose the dead, the power of the gospel, that God created the world perfect and he is holy and just and there was something broken in the world that everyone is suffering from and that Jesus came, he died on that cross, rose the dead and if you believe that and if you receive that, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and then you get to look forward to not only having power over sin now but to an eternity where there is uh, a tearless Eternity, and I think that's the part that we we miss out on is we get focused on the sin and not the complete picture of the brokenness of the situation. Hopefully, that kind of gets to the to the answer. Yeah, there. I think that's a pretty good clarification. Um, follow up: Are people powerless to change or make moral choices before they've committed to Christ? Okay, so there's a doctrine called total depravity. All right, so mm-hmm. uh, and essentially it goes something like this: Is that <clears throat> man can do nothing good? On his own. So Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. You know, Psalm 51, um, in sin did my mother conceive me. Uh, Psalm 58, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. So, uh, or how about, you know, Ephesians 2, we are dead in our sins. Like the, the reality is dead in our trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work of the sons of disobedience. So, so I would say to you, does that sound like somebody, and I don't mean to be argumentative, but does that sound like somebody who <clears throat> can change apart from the Holy Spirit? And I would say they are going to do what's comfortable. But you'd say to me, Chris, but don't people do good things all the time? Absolutely, mm-hmm. they do good things. In fact, um, there's something called common grace. Government, in, you know, governments are in place. There's roadways in place. There is common <laughs> grace. There's a nuclear family in place. But people disrupt that all the time. People uh, disobey the governments all the time. That's the common grace of God to help people to understand that they are sinful when they break law. That helps them to kind of wrap their head around that. I remember. Uh, uh, doing prison ministry once, and I go, do you think you're a sinner? And he looked around, and he goes, well, I'm in here, aren't I? And that's helpful. <laughs> Honestly, that's helpful for them to go, I, of course I'm a sinner. Th- the fact that I'm in here points to the part that I'm not perfect and there's something in me that's wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. but to the point that you ask, are people powerless to change? They're not powerless to change their external actions. Anybody can power through something. The, the problem is they can't change their insides. The part of them that's broken. And so the internal motivation is, I'm going to be accepted by these people. Um, I will change my behavior. I I will be rewarded if I change my behavior. Um, so therefore, I will change my behavior. 
But in a culture where it is celebrated for not changing behavior, mm-hmm. and plus on top of that, they aren't Christians who have the Holy Spirit, it right. then makes it doubly hard for them to ever want to change. And especially if it's like kind of the 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 flame is fanned by like, please don't change. You are perfect the way you are. Mm-hmm. We This is probably the way that you were made or designed. And that's where I was going uh, with all that. Okay. So our... Oh, that's the same question. Is un is an unbelieving child accountable or able to learn obedience to parents? Yeah, and again, this goes back to kids. Kids learn obedience um, through reward and through uh, consequence, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is going like, "Whoa, that's brilliant parenting." Um, <laughs> and a child needs is can be loved by his parents. Of course, a kid's loved by his parents. The part that gets hard is are you parenting the heart? Are you parenting behavior? Mm. And apart from the Holy Spirit, you're always going to be parenting behavior. I remember, um, uh, man, it was, it was a Mormon kid, actually. Uh, and he was a you know one of those door-to-door salesmen, which was probably great recruiting by the uh, um, mm. window replacement oh, people. Absolutely. Or absolutely. No, it was a, bu- it was a, uh, it was a bug... Uh, you know, like they, they spray, spray your lawn. Your lawn. Spray yeah, spray your lawn. lawn. Yeah. And so it was a Mormon guy, and I was like, man, they nailed it. Because the guy was about as pleasant as possible, <laughs> and he was sweet and kind. And then when I when we got to talking, he, he talked about his life in the kindest way. It was unbelievably kind and well-mannered, but there was a desperation in his soul that I was like, this is the most weird thing ever. It was like how somebody could be so melancholy at the same time be so pleasant to talk to was sort of beyond me. And I, and I would say he had he was perfectly parented. I mean, like he probably was loved really well. He had a great mm-hmm. self-esteem. He had a lot of confidence, had no problem talking to strangers. Uh, but at the same time, there was something missing in his soul. And so this is why we, we say this all the time. We judge other people by our by their actions, and we judge ourselves by our intentions. And yep. since God knows our actual intentions are what? It's to please ourselves. To which someone would say, no, 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 Chris, it's not to please myself. It's to please the other person. I'm a completely utilitarian person. I would say even in that, you're looking for the feel-good that comes from helping someone. Mm-hmm. And um, because it, because if that person sort of rejected your help, you wouldn't feel good from that. Right. You would be like, well, that was a waste. That was a waste. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, so I, I guess, that, but if you're serving the Lord, then of course it's, it's every time you serve is joy. I remember mm-hmm. um, uh, Adrian and I at one time were on a date um, back before we were married, and um, I had a uh, we just we were walking uh, in Dallas, and we um, saw a homeless guy. I was like, "Hey, you know, we should get that guy a sandwich." So I went to Starbucks, got a sandwich, got right back to him, and he goes, "I don't want no sandwich. I want some money." And he threw it in the ground and like stepped <laughs> on it, and I'm like, "Wow." That was awesome. And listen, and I actually felt real, right, yeah. I felt great about it. Why? Mm-hmm. I wasn't serving him, I was serving God, but if right. you don't have a God to serve, then ultimately that would have been like that was the worst thing ever. ever. Right. So. All right, final question as we were talking about children being unbelieving mm. unbelievers. Are unbelievers in general obligated as image bearers of God under his common grace to live rightly? Yeah, everyone is obligated to live rightly. Uh, by God, but not by the church. And go. so that's the part where the judgment of God comes down on them, which mm-hmm. is why the church uh, <clears throat> is a better word. You know, The mission has a church to go and tell those people that they are in sin and in darkness and hopeless apart from the grace of God and that if at any time they want to repent, we are more than willing to accept, accepting of them. 
And not only that, that we want desperately for all to come to saving knowledge of who Jesus is. <clears throat> Absolutely. That is all the questions that we have for this week. Hopefully we clarified some things that were said. If you have any questions, you know where to find us, and we look forward to answering them.